can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. So Hannah, you said, I've got an intro to start with. And then you sent (laughs) me some reference material to prepare. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking back to our interview with Luke Cork Mm -hmm. and remember how I sent him where he did that question box and it was like, what's your fantasy? Yes. And I said, threesome with George Costanza and Larry David. Yes. And I've been pondering, like, why do I like them both so much? And I I was watching Curb Your Enthusiasm the other night and this scene started playing and I was like, that's why. <laughs> and then I realised that George Costanza is the same and they're both, like, obsessed, like, <laughs> so much poo chat. Yes. I feel like, so I sent you two videos. The first one, (laughs) so in this episode, it was season nine, Larry David's assistant takes sick days because she's constipated. I think that's fair (laughs) enough. (sighs) And Larry is just questioning her. Like he basically is just like, I mean, there's lots of people out there constipated. Like it's a really normal thing to be constipated. He was trying to say it's not normal for her to take a day off because she's constipated. Yeah. But I think there's been times where I've been like, I remember when I was traveling and it was really painful. I couldn't work. Yeah. I'd have to stay in bed for sure. Yeah. I remember. Do you remember we were out for drinks that night and you were like, I just feel like I really need to like fart or something. And I was like, just go to the toilet here and then come back. Because you were like, I'm going to go home. I was like, no, stay. That's right. Because I was wearing like a corset kind of top. Yes. And And I said, you just need to go and do a fart. Go to the toilet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now, the next one was the George Costanza one. Yes. Now, he basically needs to do a poo. Mm -hmm. And he's (laughs) at a girl's house. And she's got a really small bathroom and a small apartment and and the bathroom's close to the bedroom, I'm assuming. And I told you, Hannah, this was triggering for me. (laughs) So he needs to do a poo and he starts getting intimate and I believe he... He leaves in the middle yeah, of sex. Yeah. See, I would like someone to say, I've got to do a poo and t- this is not the appropriate place to do it. So I'm going to go elsewhere and I will see you again another time. I think that's the most appropriate way to go about it. I think he did the right thing. I think I've definitely been in a position where you haven't told the person what's going on. So mm. they probably think that you're, you've are you gone off them. Yes. But really, you just need to do a poo and you yep. need to get the out of there yes see we've spoken to a few guests about this but you get like the sweats and you get anxiety and it turns into this poo anxiety and you just need to get out of there and it can sometimes come across as you just being difficult or rude or or that you're not interested (laughs) let's normalize poo anxiety and let's talk about it so So what's on today's episode oh you're asking me yeah i was asking you but that's okay i'll go (laughs) okay So we are interviewing our boss for our cringy convo today, our male boss, who 
used to have to approve the podcast episodes he's and no longer does it. Very supportive. <laughs> yeah. He's very, very supportive. supportive of this podcast. You'll hear from him. And we're also talking to dermatologist Dr. Catherine Armour about hyperhidrosis or excessive sweating and our products we didn't know we needed. All right. Special guest today. Welcome to the podcast, Dan Ferguson. <laughs> it feels like poetic justice somehow. I'm not. I'm not quite sure what's going to happen. Well, I mean, I don't know if you nominated yourself, Dan, or if Hannah just like suggested it. I as a... <laughs> listened to Dan on a podcast, and I yeah. thought he is a natural at this. And I think we should get him on. Yeah, Dan's a natural content creator, um, and he's also our boss. So. He's... CMO Chief Meme Officer is yeah. the <laughs> title. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Uh, so one of the reasons that I was keen to get you on the podcast is because you started using some pretty hardcore products when you started at Adore and that made for quite a lot of laughs around the office when your face mm. started coming off. But I wanted to know what was your skincare routine before you started working at Adore Beauty? Okay, well, um, you know, to be honest, I should disclose that when I started Adore Beauty, there was a skincare routine that I adopted first up, and that was Dr. Bronner's uh, for mm. everything, for my hair or, you know, lack of, uh, face, you know, body, <laughs> um, just everything. It's so convenient. And I was like, wow, this must be what skincare is all about. All in one is so much better <laughs> and streamlined too. And then I think, I don't know, it could have been you, Joe. Uh, 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 somebody sort of said, oh, cool, so what, you know, what's your routine? And I got laughed at. So I, I diversified from there. And I think the first thing I tried, you know, if I go, actually, if I go back before that, before I even came to Adore Beauty, my skincare routine was non-existent. It was soap. Yeah. Um, that was pretty much it. A bar of soap. Yeah. And also, to be honest, when, when I, you know, had breakouts, I would use benzoyl peroxide, 10%, not that 5%, oh. not the, you know, um, to really make it pay, to make those, oh. you know, pimples pay. Um, and that worked for me, you know, like I'm, uh, 45 and I, I'd gone through many things to work out what worked. It's what works for me. I, my daughter is starting to get pimples and I was like, you put benzoyl peroxide on that. And then I was like, hang on a sec, maybe that's bad. <laughs> Both my parents are GPs. And so I am orientated more towards chemicals or solutions or medications as the way to solve things. Mm. That being the case, like I should be fair to my mum, she is the opposite side of the spectrum. She's very holistic. She's a very holistic general practitioner. She'll prescribe echinacea or various other vitamins as well as, you know, let's just see how you go before we prescribe any kind of um, drugs. Whereas my dad is more like, you know, hey, if there's a Russian drug out there that's only used by weightlifters, maybe that will solve it. And you need to take enough that uh, you might get a small nosebleed, but don't worry about that, Dan. So, so I, that was my background. And, and so, yeah, like hence why I know benzoyl peroxide because I'd go into the chemist and go, they'd go Clearasil and I'd be like, well, what's in that Clearasil, you know? Mm. And that's why I think, you know, modern beauty, when I first arrived at Door Beauty, that there was something very comfortable about the focus on efficacy and ingredients and people educating themselves more because I think that that, that felt more scientific to me. Mm. You know, it, there's, there's a mix of science and art and beauty and um, there is definitely a stream here that says that what feels good is good, you know. Um, if it makes you feel good, then to hell with it. The, you know, yes, you can talk about placebo effects and all that sort of stuff, but if something actually makes you feel happy because of the packaging, because of the way the bottle looks and because of the, the way it feels on your hands when you apply it to your face, that, that's got plenty in it. 
without even going on to the does it do things, you know, because that in itself is doing something. And I guess, you know, if I had to talk about my journey in skincare and in beauty, that's part of it, learning over the last few years that, that there's meaning to the way it makes you feel. That, that's been an important thing I've learned. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, what products are you using now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have more consistency. So You're looking um, glowy. I do. Yeah. Thank, you. thank you very much. But, uh, yeah, so I use um, C Ferulic pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like that. I am not entirely sure what it does, but it feels like it gives my skin a good sort of found, like a good grounding. What do you think of this? What do you think of the smell? We talk about the smell a lot. Well, you know, I'm a big lover of preserved uh, small goods. And so <laughs> as am I. Um, I, <laughs> I, I like it, you know. Um, I also figure that it's kind of a, it's rough mental like calculation in my head. It's like, well, if that preserves that, well, maybe on my skin it's, you know, that makes sense to me. And then also uh, B5 in various forms. Mm-hmm. I use that like I guess uh, probably the closest thing to makeup I guess that I could use. Like I'll use it like if I'm going out and I want to like <laughs> add something to myself that I think might make myself look better, I'll probably put it on my face. Yeah. Plumping effect. Yeah. Occasionally I've looked at the mirror and gone, oh, that worked. Like I look really like angular mm-hmm. and like sort of like it's done something. But other times I'll be like. <laughs> I think that might be the placebo effect you were talking about earlier. No. I don't know if a serum is going to make you more angular. Don't think we can claim that on this podcast. <laughs> Disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think, you know, one of the best things about it is just I can do something. Like, uh, as a guy, and I don't want to be gender specific, so as, as a person who generally in my life I haven't, like when I'm going out, I don't put makeup mm. on. But now I think um, it's nice to do something when I'm going out to sort of just prepare. Um, and so that's part of it. You know, B5, uh, I'd say is part of that sometimes. What else? I probably use moisturiser more um, than I ever have, but that's a rotating like cast of thousands across our house because there's quite a few samples in our house. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's the same for you guys, but I, I like um, and I never know how to pronounce it, but um, uh, properly it's like it's like um, L apostrophe O C I T. Loxitan. Loxitan. Loxitan, of course. Yeah, that's how I always say it. Loxitan. <laughs> okay, the Loxitan moisturizer. Yep, nice. Okay. Yeah, so I use that. I like the way it smells mm. and it's kind of luxurious um, and, you know, uh, rotate some of the other ones as well. Yep. Dermalogica is in my house. Um, what else? Alpha H. Mm-hmm. Um, aspect? Aspect, yes, aspect for sure. Mm. Um, that's about it. Mm-hmm. So our audience are familiar with the content of this podcast. How did you feel when the podcast first started? So, like, were you nervous about some of the content of the podcast? No, I I mean, yes. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I think someone said to me, and it it may have been Kate, I'm not sure, but it's it's like, and I think, Hannah, you've even said it to me as well, it's like if anything great never um, feels easy. And so if you're doing like great things or if you're changing things or if you're saying unusual things, things that matter um, or things that will really be interesting to lots of people, often those things aren't said easily. You know, they often feel unusual. Um, and I think I think when we kicked off our podcast, that first episode, um, you know, you guys really stretched to make sure that that was a, a good one. And, um, and so the first episode, yes, to be honest, of course, it was a little bit nerve wracking. <laughs> it was nerve wracking. But then after once it had gone to air and it was doing well, even before it was doing it, once it had gone to air, it was like, 
what what's going to happen? Is is someone going to call us and say, how dare you mention bum hair? <laughs> like, how dare you? Really? Are they going to say that? Who is going to say that? And I think the other one too has been a part of this company where we have cultural values. We have values that drive some of the how, how we operate in business. And I think that if you have a pretty stable set of values, then you kind of, even though you get a little bit shaky at times when we're doing new conversations or talking about new topics, you go, is this interesting? Is it relevant? How do our audience, how do they feel about the topics we're broaching? And if they're interested and it's engaging them, and if we're getting feedback that says, hey, I do that, I have been there, I've got that particular issue or challenge, Um, I'm so glad you mentioned it because I feel better about myself. Well, that's valuable in itself. So, you know, you have to, I think often when we're making decisions in life, we focus on what's the bad thing that could happen. Mm. And so I've kind of, you know, gradually learned to focus on the both sides of that equation. You know, what is, what, what are the great things that people are saying about what we're doing and combine that with, Hey, what, what are the the downsides possible? And that kind of has helped me through some of those moments. Mm. I think we just wanted to try something different, but I think the best thing that came out of it, which I wasn't expecting, I don't know why I wasn't expecting it, but it was, it's created a real community, mm. which, you know, is, has been, I think the nicest part about it. Cause it's like all these people that can laugh about the same things. Totally. Now. Cause I didn't really have a community to talk to about this stuff. Like <laughs> I don't know. It was usually like it was- <laughs> just in my private group chat with my friends, but yeah. now it's to like yeah. 10,000 people a week. Yeah. Most people don't have to have their boss hear them talk about their bum hair. Yeah. We do. What is the most surprising thing you've learned about each of us from listening to the podcast, Dan? Oh, look, I mean, I think that's a funny thing. You know, all the women in my life echo the same thing that you guys talk about, which is that this is part of your lives. It's kind of ridiculous that you can't talk about it as freely. Well, that that there is a different reaction when you talk about it as freely as a significant other portion of the population. Mm. So uh, there's the the there's almost this, I wouldn't say angry, but there's a disruptionist in me that goes, yeah, like have that conversation, have it really loudly because it's there's not enough of those conversations being had in the open about bum hair, about toilet, about poops, about mm. all that stuff. It's been, <laughs> it's, been, it's been awesome. Yeah, you've learned a lot about the, our bowel movements, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, a, a lot, a lot. <laughs> So in terms of what I've learned about you both, um, it's not so much that stuff because that stuff is just standard for yeah. people. It's it's the opposites of what you both appear to be, you know, like Joe, uh, you're very um, organised um, and um, – <laughs> but that's not, you know, that's really not who you come across in the podcast and who, you know, over the last sort of three and a half years I've learned you, who you are. Um, you're actually very, you know, there's a spiritual side to you. Um, mm. uh, you're very meaningful. You mm. care about things deeply. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm obviously portraying stereotypes. Like, what did I think you didn't care about anything yeah. deeply? And there was no, and you, had, you know, you were a shell of a person. She worked you had no in values. beauty, of course <laughs> not. Uh, for you, Hannah, um, I think it's it's almost the opposite. You know, um, you come across as wild and, and adventurous, <laughs> but there is a very stable core to you, mm. and uh, somebody who's seeking meaning and consistency and, and truth. That's very interesting. I think I've gradually learned that about each of you. Mm. I feel like for Joe, I think we're more alike than we know. Yes, I agree. That's what I reckon. I agree. We're with way that. more alike than other than people would yeah, think. Yeah, hundred percent. And also very different mm. in, in real life when we meet people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm less serious, guys, okay? <laughs> yeah, way less serious. I think the listeners know that, Joe. You've you've Do they? You've definitely ticked that box, don't worry. <laughs> 
So you did mention both your parents are doctors. How did they feel about you going into marketing? (laughs) I can imagine that they wanted you to be a doctor. But also, (laughs) would they be proud now that you're on the you're on one of the number one beauty podcasts in the country? Wow! So so this was a big opportunity that we gave you today, Dan. (laughs) Wow! Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> so Send many it things. to your parents later. <laughs> so many feelings. My parents were not, they didn't sort of say, oh, we really want you to be a doctor. And I think I wanted to be a, a doctor more than they wanted me to be one. I, I, I kind of wanted to be that. And I just didn't work hard enough at school. I didn't care enough about it. And as I later learned, you know, I've got um, ADD. And as a part of that uh, study is something that I had to really get the hang of. And also I had to really care about things in order to sort of corral my attention. So it was always going to be an uphill battle. I did okay in school and okay was, you know, reasonably high um, for my school, which was quite demanding. But but I didn't get enough to get into medicine. And so I, off I went and did a, a bunch of stuff, basically adventuring and exploring and trying to work out what I cared about. And there was a junction in my life where literally I was presented with, hey, you can come and work for me at this advertising agency or, hey, by the way, we've got an appointment to do a master's in a hospital for psychology, um, you know, treating people um, uh, in a clinical setting. Mm. And uh, I... <laughs> That's like, it was like a a dark and light side of the force moment. Now I chose the advertising Mm. side and I think I chose it probably because it was um, the most unlike my parents. And I don't know that, you know, strikes a chord with either of you, but um, there's something about going out on your own. If you're not going to be able to excel and, you know, even do something slightly better than they did in their specific area, then by God, I'll go off and do something completely different and find meaning in that. And so I went the advertising route and, I think um, I think they'd be proud of me. I I don't know. Now's when you guys can you guys can go. Well, we've got your mum on the line. Yeah. And she's about to- <laughs> More important, I'm happy with um, my career so far. I think um, the the meaning from my career has come from more and more uh, these sort of moments where I go, wow with my team, you know, we've created something um, unique, special, daring, and uh, it's had an impact. People are giving me feedback, giving us feedback on what started out as, you know, I think we started out, this is a sort of, oh, it's a it's a, a way for us to have a voice or another channel, whereas it's become a, wow, this is a community. And so when you read comments that say, hey, you made my, my week, that's, mm-hmm. you know, in my 20 years of marketing, I haven't heard that before. And I think that's quite mm-hmm. fulfilling. Mm-hmm. For sure. Oh, well, on that note. Yeah, on that note, thanks, Dan, for joining us. Thanks for taking the time out of your day. We know you're a busy man. Thank you. So Thank you we both. appreciate busy. it. Yes. <laughs> We're also busy, though. We're like flat out. Yeah. <laughs> so today's guest joining us is dermatologist Dr. Catherine Armour. We're here to talk about sweating. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. It's our pleasure. This was very highly requested. Everyone wanted to know about sweating and about hyperhidrosis, which we're going to get into a little bit more. But let's start off talking about why we actually sweat. I'm pretty sure it's to regulate our body temperature. Is that right? That's absolutely correct. Yes. We sweat to control our internal body temperature or called our core body temperature. And as the water in our sweat uh, dries off and cools on our skin, that allows us 
to maintain our core body temperature. Right. Okay. And what actually makes up the sweat? What's in it? Such a good question. Yeah. I've, never <laughs> I've never thought of it, but it's just like come to me. Mm. There's, there's not much in sweat actually. It's 99% water with uh, a small amount of salts such as sodium in particular and a small amount of fats or oils. That's mm-hmm. it. So do people who drink more water tend to sweat more? Because I find that I don't actually sweat a lot in terms of like wetness. Not necessarily. No, it's Uh. all to do with that regulating your body temperature. If you drink more water you don't need, it'll just come out the other end. Right. Okay. Good to know. (laughs) Good to know. So some people sweat significantly more than others. Can you explain what hyperhidrosis is and why it occurs in certain people? So hyperhidrosis is sweating over and above what you need to sweat to control your internal body temperature. We tend to think of hyperhidrosis as being uh, either of primary or secondary causes, with primary being far more common. Now, Primary hyperhidrosis tends to be um, inherited or uh, genetically determined. So that's the type of sweating uh, you see that tends to be focal. So it might affect people's armpits or also called the axillae or the palms and soles. And some people will have all three of those areas affected and some people may just be predominantly affected in either the armpits, the palms or the soles. And in primary hyperhidrosis, it tends to first appear in childhood or adolescence. And in some people, if they're lucky, it'll improve into adulthood. And interestingly, with primary hyperhidrosis, uh, it tends to disappear when we go to sleep, uh, which is different to um, other sorts of sweating. So that's really important. Uh, And that's also the type of sweating which will be exacerbated by concentration and anxiety. Then far less common is what we call secondary hyperhidrosis. So rather than being genetically determined, it occurs during, as you would imagine, due to a secondary cause. And those uh, can be many. Um, They can be due to hormonal issues, so particularly menopause or perimenopause or thyroid gland disease. They're the common ones. Uh, Then there can be neurological conditions such as Parkinson's disease or brain problems. Then really commonly, um, it can be due to either medications such as certain um, antidepressants and then alcohol, caffeine. They're big ones. I know they affect me a lot. And then sometimes uh, illicit drugs such as amphetamines and opioids, but also prescription opioids, so things like morphine if you have to take them after having an operation. So there are all sorts of secondary causes of increased sweating that we may need to go looking for if people develop it later in life. And other clues, if you like, to a secondary cause of increased sweating are sort of an unusual pattern or distribution. So if it's affecting only one side of the body or if it's patchy and then particularly if it also occurs at night. I find it interesting that you said it generally stops when people are asleep. Does that mean there's like a big psychological element there? Like it could be linked to anxiety or stress? 
certainly um, stress can make hyperhidrosis worse, yes, and I think that's the thought process behind it. Just because anxiety will sort of increase our stress hormone output, particularly stress hormones like cortisol, mm. um, and that can trigger more action of the, um, the neurotransmitters that make our sweat glands work. So classically, it should get better overnight, yeah. So speaking of psychological elements, in your experience, how does uh, something like hyperhidrosis impact a patient's confidence? Is there like a counselling element to it when you're treating someone with hyperhidrosis? Absolutely. Yes. Look, you're you're spot on there. So many people I see with hyperhidrosis are hugely impacted, both in their social life, but also in their functioning in the workplace. I mean, one thing that's quite interesting, you know, during the pandemic, so much of what we do is virtual now and we're we're discouraged from shaking hands, obviously, but we're living in unusual times currently. And in a business situation, it would be normal for people to shake hands. And that's the one thing that so many people who have hyperhidrosis on their hands comment to me. They say, I'm embarrassed several times a day at work because I'm too scared to touch people's hands Mm. because I'm sweaty. I'm already in a meeting or I'm meeting new people. So I feel a little bit keyed up or anxious. And then I'm worried about my hands getting sweaty and that just makes the whole thing worse. So that already puts people sort of uh, on the back foot. And then the other big thing, particularly for people with armpit or auxiliary hyperhidrosis, is it affects their whole choice of clothing. Mm. You know, I've met patients who say they never wear anything other than black or the darkest navy blue. It's um, it's amazing what a huge psychosocial impact it can have for sure. I had a job interview and I had two boob sweat patches. That was... um, (laughs) And it was just me and a guy and he was interviewing me and it was just the most uncomfortable (laughs) moment. I did not get the job. Um, So people with hyperhidrosis may not necessarily have BO and vice versa. So what causes the bad smell? So that's really interesting. So we have two types of sweat glands in our bodies. So the main ones which are responsible for hyperhidrosis are our eccrine sweat glands, and they are distributed all over our body. So they produce the thin, watery sweat that we've been talking about. But we also have some sweat glands called apocrine sweat glands that um, also live under our arms, but also around the breasts and in the groin area. And they produce an oilier type of sweat, which is responsible for our pheromone or personal scent (laughs) that I think we spend a lot of our life trying to cover up. And Usually it's your apocrine sweat that would cause BO, but it can actually be either type of sweat and it's the action of bacteria on our skin on that sweat. Um, So either the eccrine or the apocrine sweat that can lead to body odour. But, you know, we would need to leave that. Um, It's different for everybody, obviously, but we do need to leave that sweat on our skin unwashed off for some time uh, to cause BO. Or, of course, obviously, it can accumulate on our clothing. The other thing that can cause body odour is actually certain foods, eating certain foods that will be excreted in our sweat, like garlic in particular or related foods and uh, even alcohol. I think we all know that sort of sense of having had a big night and then Mm. feeling a bit gross and sweaty the next day. So alcohol coming out in your pores. But that's different, I guess, to the classical body odour that 
that you're referring to, but there are other things that can make us a bit stinky. Mm. Do you agree, Hannah, that all men have a similar morning smell? Oh. I feel like there's a there's a universal male smell. It's been a while, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. My memory can't go that far back. That would be a really interesting study. <laughs> Yeah, I think someone should do it. You should actually do a study on that, Catherine, I think. Yeah. Um, so I've had Botox under my arms before, which is a common treatment for hyperhidrosis, and I had it to stop sweating and see what would happen. Why is Botox effective and are there other treatment options for excessive sweating or is that like the go-to? There, are, Well, Botox is an incredibly effective treatment, but we definitely consider it um, second line. And the way it works is by blocking the release of a chemical messenger called acetylcholine, which is basically excreted by the nerves that supply our sweat glands. Uh, so without that chemical binding to our sweat glands, we can't sweat. So botulinum toxin is, is really clever in preventing that from happening. That's also the same chemical messenger that, of course, is sent to our muscles to make them contract as well when we're using Botox for line smoothing. There are actually a, there's a huge long list of other potential treatments for increased sweating. If we sort of consider antiperspirants uh, later on, other things we can use are prescription medications that can be used topically to also affect the acetylcholine um, effect on sweat glands. There's one called um, glycopyronium bromide or glycopyrrolate, which dermatologists prescribe and you'd have it made up at a compounding pharmacy. So it can be put into like a roll-on bottle, ah. just like your normal antiperspirant. And you can actually use that under the arms, on the palms or the soles, and also on the face. I have some patients really? who use like a pyrrolate, yeah, really effectively on the face. Then there's a therapy, um, again, that dermatologists used called iontophoresis. And that sounds really scary, but it's not. So iontophoresis is putting um, either your palms and soles or also you can use it with a special electrode um, under the arms and you put the treated area into a solution of either just water or you can have water with, again, the glycopyrrolate in it and then believe it or not, you pass a gentle electrical current through that solution. <laughs> I told you it sounded scary. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I we're told not to do that. <laughs> Yeah, I know exactly. That's right. Never put a fork in the toaster. But yes, it's and so that actually blocks the sweat channels, so they can't they can't sweat. So uh, it's actually really quite effective. There are devices that you can buy online and use at home. There's uh, there are brands like Dry Ionic, which we can access in Australia, and then there are clinics around some of the the main centres around Australia where you can go and have a stronger form of the treatment, which initially you need to have once weekly uh, until things are under control and then you can have once a month. So that's um, iontophoresis. Then there are oral treatments, um, so tablets, and again, glycopyrrolate, which we've talked about using topically on the skin, can be taken as a tablet, as can another tablet called oxybutynin. They're not suitable for all people. They're not great in the elderly, for instance, because they can precipitate glaucoma and they do cause some nuisance kind of side effects in some people like dry mouth, constipation, etc. So, But they're a really useful option for some people. 
Then we come to other kind of procedures. So there's one that's quite widely available in Australia now called um, Mirror Dry. Mm, I've heard of that. Yeah, that's that's really good actually. And that basically uses microwave energy to destroy the um, the sweat glands uh, in the in the axilla is the main um, it's is the main place that that's used. So you mark out using special tests like the starch iodine test. Um, you mark out the area where the increased sweating is and treatments tend to be about 20 to 30 minutes per side and you have a treatment usually twice, um, three months apart and that reduces sweating you know, up to 75% in the majority of people. And for anyone who doesn't want to get too invasive, are there any deodorants or antiperspirants that you can recommend? Yes. So if you find that your standard antiperspirant from the supermarket, sort of mum or dove or whichever you use, isn't doing the trick for you, there are prescription strength antiperspirants, which you can buy over the counter. They're just those sort of treatments that you need to talk to the chemist about just so that they can ascertain that it's appropriate for you. Uh, the two main ones available in Australia are called Dry Claw and Dry Soul, although there will be other similar options um, available online from the, the US, for instance. And those are just really a prescription strength, really strong antiperspirants, and they're made from a chemical called aluminium chloride hexahydrate. And that just works by blocking the opening of the sweat gland. So you put it on like a normal roll-on deodorant, it blocks the sweat glands and they're actually really effective. There are just a few tricks to avoid unnecessary irritation. So you would have to use them uh, nightly for the first week. It's really important that you remove all hair in the area because hair, first of all, affects the penetration of the dry claw, for instance, but also the hair can contribute to body odour if it's holding onto your sweat. And then when the skin is clean and dry, you would just apply the, um, the antiperspirant and let it dry, leave it on overnight and then wash it off in the morning. And it is important to wash it off because these um, antiperspirants can cause significant skin irritation if you leave them on the skin for longer than eight hours. We find most people probably need to use them nightly for about a week and then Ideally, you actually end up in a situation where you might only need to use that strong antiperspirant once a week and then can use your other um, antiperspirant deodorant in between times. Those are a readily available, really cost-effective and safe option. And in fact, in Australia, failing those antiperspirants is one of the criteria. It's the main criteria to allow you to have Botox. Oh, okay. Toxin mm. on the PBS. That's yeah. good to know. And I did want to ask for anyone that's kind of wondering, is it safe to have Botox under the arms to stop the sweating? Is that going to cause any other kind of side effects or is it considered to be a safe treatment? It's considered to be a really safe treatment. I mean, there are, yes, you're quite right, there are a number of injectable type treatments that do have a number of caveats around their treatment. I think the only one really is if you've had Botox somewhere else or botulinum toxin and had a uh, an allergic reaction, which would be mm-hmm. perishingly rare. Um, and obviously, if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, we, mm-hmm. um, we can't treat uh, an individual with botulinum toxin, but it's actually, it's so safe and it's, it's temporary. So if for whatever reason you don't like the fact that your sweating's improved um, or you just don't like the idea of it, it'll wear off. Mm-hmm. 
Amazing. Well, if anyone wants to go and see Dr. Catherine Armour, she's based in Melbourne. What clinics can we find you at, Catherine? Um, I'm at the Dermatology Institute of Victoria in South Yarra, and I also work at the Alfred Hospital and at the Skin Health Institute, which is a not-for-profit clinic in Carlton. Amazing. So if anyone wants to go and see Catherine for hyperhidrosis options, go and find her. She's also on Instagram as well. I feel like I've um, been stalking you on Instagram for a while, Catherine. So (laughs) you've been on my list of dermatologists to come on. So I'm glad that we finally got to have a chat today. Oh, thank you. Well, I follow you ladies too, and obviously (laughs) listen to your podcast. So it's a real thrill for me to be here today. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. PWD, KWN, Hannah. So I wanted to do a bargain product to, mm-hmm. it's actually complementary to a bougie product I did not that long ago. So as mm-hmm. you know, I've been getting um, skin needling done. Yes. And I can't actually use any products after the skin needling. And I think mm-hmm. last time I suggested, because I was using the Murad, what's it called? Oh, that skin repair cream. Yeah. So I've basically licked the jar. Like I've scooped out every last, like every last little bit. Let me, oh, there we go. Murad Intensive Recovery Cream. It is so nice. But I wanted to give an alternative, more affordable option. Um, It's the Aven Sickle Fart, Sickle Fart. (laughs) Something. I'm just going to leave that one with you. Yeah. Um, Restorative skin cream. But what I really like about this one is it's really good for sensitive skin. It's good if you've had like a skin treatment, but Mm. I also use it as a moisturizer as well. Yeah. And it's only $27 for the 100 ml bottle. Yeah. Yeah. So that one's mine. What is yours? Cool. So I was in the office the other day and I had gone to bed the night before knowing my hair was going to be too oily the next day to work. So I was meant to be filming and I was like, my hair is going to look so greasy if I don't put dry shampoo in it. And we've obviously got a lot of products at work. So I went into the brand's room, I'm scanning the shelves for different dry shampoos and I see IGK there. And I was like, I remember Tegan Mack on that um, gym Mm. episode saying, that she, how much she liked the IGK one. And I couldn't find the particular one that she was talking about, but I grabbed the jet lag dry shampoo by IGK and it's meant to be invisible. So it doesn't have that white powdery residue. So for those of us mm. who have dark hair, that's an absolute pain in the ass because you can see it when it goes in, especially if you're using a lot, which I did. Anyway, so I put this stuff in and normally with an aerosol dry shampoo, they just weigh my hair down even more. And honestly, they usually make my hair look dirtier. I was shook at how Mm. good this dry shampoo was. I reckon IGK are like dry shampoo specialists because this stuff is so good. I don't know what level it is. You know how Tegan said like, oh, I think there's levels of dry shampoos. No idea what what level it is. It says a light cleanse. Mm. Gives your hair a light cleanse using a dry shampoo. So I think it may be like the lightest one, but it was good. Like it honestly... Gave my hair volume. You used it as well. I left it in the but studio. But you asked me, You, I was going to ask because you asked me if I'd put men's cologne on. Does it yes. have a hot man smell? Yeah, it's got a hot man smell, I realised. I didn't know at the time, but then I walked in later and nice. I was like, oh, that's got a hot man smell. So it definitely gave my hair more volume and did make it look heaps cleaner. 
Like most aerosol dry shampoos, as I said, just make the front bits look really stringy and even more flat and greasy. And this was really good. Really, really liked it. So I'm going to go and buy it myself, which I don't normally do because I have a lot of dry shampoos at home to try, but I'm genuinely going to purchase this in my staff order. That's how impressed I was with it. So that is my product. I didn't know I needed now, I posted on my stories, I don't know if you remember, but I, I mm. posted my guilty pleasure. So mm. I remember it was a Friday night and I put on Brave New World on Stan. It was yes. so addictive that I watched I, I watched every episode I could watch and then I was falling asleep and I'm like, no. So I fell asleep and then I, and I, I sit on the floor. That's my guilty pleasure. I sit on the floor, yeah. make mac and cheese binge as much as I can, go to sleep at three or four in the morning, wake up at midday, order Uber Eats, sticky date pancakes and mm-hmm. long black, and then I finish the whole series. And that's wow. That's, that's my whole Friday night and Saturday. And anyway, some people responded with, this girl eats Luxa naked on the couch. <laughs> Everyone was very specific about the food that they eat the thing that they watch and yeah. everyone's guilty everyone's guilty pleasure was being alone yes was eating something fattening and yes. then also watching something so there were no other mm. guilty pleasures like mm. cuddling with my boyfriend for 5 hours like none Yuck. of that none <laughs> of that so i wanted to know what your guilty pleasure was okay this is easy my happy place is sitting up in my bed with my dressing gown on i've got pillows behind me I've got my doona over me, my laptop on my lap, watching the Kardashians mm-hmm. and some kind of chocolate. At the moment, I'm really vibing um, like Easter bunny chocolate, you know, mm-hmm. like the, just the dairy milk. I could eat 10 of those in a sitting and that would be my guilty pleasure. But it depends on the time of day because if it's after four, then I'd rather a bag of chips. Is yours because my session would be, you know, if it's 10 episodes, it's a 10-hour session with oh, a short break do, for sleep. Yeah, I'd probably do like 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. That would be my situation. Okay. Yeah, I'd have to nice. do something in the morning. Otherwise, I'd just get into this state of hating myself. Yeah. So, no, no, no I, yeah. I hate myself, but, you know. <laughs> see you next week, guys. All right, see you guys. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.